this is just my take for myself, is to trust myself, to trust myself because there's some innate force within us that we know the right thing to do. We know that what we should be doing, not should, but we know where we should be in the world. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am your host, Emmy Kirshner, and we are back. It's been months and months hiatus. I've been reformulating. I have got some incredible guests over the next couple of months. And to kick off our relaunch of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, I have welcomed back Patty Dabrowski, she was my first guest on the first episode of the podcast, I think like two and a half, almost three years ago. And she is absolutely, I'm going to say the best leader, but also when I think of leadership and an incredible leader, Patty is it. Patty's background runs the gamut from being a teacher to corporate president She has worked in New Jersey, New York, and Boston, and had roles from editor to director to president of a multi-million dollar publishing company. And Patty has more energy than probably 12, (laughs) 20-year-olds combined. And at 72, when she was contemplating retirement, decided that that was not the option for her. And instead, she's become a coach, a speaker, an inspiration, and a disruptor because she truly believes that ageism is something that needs to be eradicated. And she is sure, and we're going to be talking about this for the entire episode, that you can be a renegade at any age. So Patty, welcome back. You are my dear friend. I am so, so super excited to have you. Oh, thank you, Emmy. And I am so excited to be here. You know, I love you. I miss you. We live too far apart. And I am thrilled that I was your first person when you started your podcast. And again, I'm the first one. So Yahoo and let's like rock it today. Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny because I was thinking like, how do I really kick this off? And there was only a brief pause, but I was like, oh, have Patty back on the show. So I'm really glad that we were able to coordinate schedules. Let's share with the audience. First of all, go back to episode one and listen to that because you'll just see and hear a huge difference in what we're talking about because it's still the same topic, but we've both grown. You've been making magic for the last several years. 
Share with everybody your journey and what leadership looks like for you. Okay. Well, you know, as Emmy mentioned when she introduced me, I, you know, started out teaching in a career and always had uh, 50 million other jobs and then finally went into uh, publishing. And after 9-11, I was there in the moment, downtown New York. I was working for a, a small $40 million Catholic publisher and we were right Pine Street. So I, I quit my job and then worked, as Emmy said before, in Boston and became president of a small company, also, you know, multi-million company. And through it all, I think there were certain things that were so important to me along the way. And I'm going to talk about that later because there I'll mention the steps, but it's so important to when you're young to take care of yourself in so many different ways. You know, I, I always talk about how important love is and that we we love passionately. And I'm not just saying in a relationship, but to, well, the relationship to yourself is key, right? That you love yeah, yourself. Absolutely. And then you're going to love passionately, love everything and everyone. I was taking this course and one of the things they talked about was what if all of us, you know, put a 10 over the other person's head, you know, 10 being the best person. And so we look at those people with different eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's the person in the store or the person you're having a relationship with, but so love is key. And I also, I Emmy, you can attest to this, how much I believe laughter is <laughs> <laughs> the medicine of life, you know, no matter what we're going through. And believe me, you don't get to my age without having all kinds of things that happen to you, you know, losing people you love through death, losing people you love through separation. So there's all kinds of things we go through. But if you have that ability to laugh, it just helps you get through everything and it heals you. It heals your spirit. It heals your, heals your soul. It heals you physically. And I think that it what I've seen all through my life is the importance of learning, you know, always be open to learn what's new, what's next, how can I improve my mind, how can I improve things around me. And I'll digress here for a moment. If I think about COVID, right? Yeah, you had to stay by yourself and, and you couldn't go out. And all of a sudden, I realized, you know what, I'm in charge of my life. So what am I going to do to get through this in a healthful, as content and happy as I can be manner? So, you know, I took courses and Emmy can attribute to this too, because I was like, I want to be in a book club. I want to be in a book club. So I started a book club on mm -hmm. Zoom. And so the point of that, that was telling you about the book club is we have the power within us to change our situation and to always make it the best that it can be. And then I took singing lessons and then I published some cards about a renegade life. It's too shiny. And then, you know, Zoomed people. So there are things you can do because you're in charge. And the other, so I say to love well. Oh, what, Emmy? <laughs> I want to pause you right there because what you said initially, I think is so key and people, there's a small group of people that do that and everybody else tends to get stuck. And that's when bad things happen or things that we don't like or things that make us uncomfortable, 
we frequently either just do nothing, like we don't look at the circumstances as something that we can be resourceful and change. It's just, oh, well, this is terrible and I can't do anything. Like, oh, I'm stuck at home and I can't do anything. Oh, everybody, you know, my three key people quit and I can't do anything. Like, you can insert any situation in there. And the best leaders figure out different options. They may not be smooth sometimes, depending on the situation, but they're being resourceful in creating that challenge and or taking on that challenge and figuring it out and doing something positive. So I love that you took singing lessons and you started a book club. And it wasn't just like, oh, I want to be in a book club and there isn't one and I can't go. You're like, I'll just start one. What the hell? (laughs) Exactly. And I love how you pull that together because, Emmy, I think leaders, that's a key uh, element that needs to, not needs, I don't want to say needs. That's that's obvious if you're talking to a leader, right? That they're going to, you know, take charge and realize that you can create any situation, any direction. You have that power. And I think so many times, you know, maybe we need to realize that, you know, when we're assuming a leadership role, guess what I'm going to, and it's who you're being that also makes a difference in everybody around you. You know, it's not like you're saying, I'm your leader. I'm going to do this. It's like, I'm doing this and you're leading by example. I think you made that point so beautifully. It's the Mm -hmm. example you set for everyone that people want to follow you. Yeah. You know, people want to be with you. So, yeah. And I'll add in particularly in the the area of COVID, like don't listen to the media. Oh, good. Because it really is a downer. And not that you don't want to be aware. Like I'm not somebody who's don't watch the news or don't listen to the news at all. Choose what you're taking in for me. You know, be knowledgeable because I think that's powerful. But yes, also- and I think you emphasized another point there, Emmy, and that's the choice. Like you just said, I'm going to choose what I'm going to watch. I'm going to choose how I react. And that's key. I think that we remember that we have that choice, you know, and even to back up from that, I think one of the important characteristics or not that it's not a characteristics, one of the virtues almost that we have that I became recently aware of how key it is, and that's freedom. Mm -hmm. You can't choose anything. You can't love. You can't do any of the things I've talked about unless you have that freedom or remember that you have that freedom to choose and to act and to love and to laugh and to do all those things. And I think as a leader, you know, you exude that freedom Mm -hmm. and people get hold of that. Yes. So somebody can come to you and say, this is an issue and I I have a solution for it because you've given them that, reminded them of the freedom that they have. I think that's great for leaders. Yeah, absolutely. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about being a renegade and the ageism. And (laughs) what was it that and I'm going to go with pissed off because I presume something irked you <laughs> that you were like, no, like I do not need to have this set path and I'm not retiring and I'm going to live a full active life. 
Well, that's so great. So I can say that what happened years ago and what happened just yesterday when I was talking to a young friend of mine who takes care of my insurance for my car and et cetera. So when I called her to ask her a question and she knows me for about eight years now and she said, oh, have you retired? And I said, no, I said, that doesn't work for me, retirement. So we laughed about that. But I think that way back, and it's so funny because, you know, there's a point in your life, especially when I got into corporate and I was already 49, well, at 40, but when I went to New York, I was 49 and then turned 50. And one of the managers who was probably only like three years older than me, I did this project and he came into my office and he said, wow, you did such a great project and you're so young because I look young. And I was like, uh, thank you, I think, you know, so it's like that. And then all of a sudden there was a point where somebody said, well, you know, you can probably collect Social Security soon. And I'm like, what? And so all of a sudden I was put into another category. And then I became so much aware of all the prejudice, the putting you in a box at a certain age, saying you can only do a certain thing. So yeah, I, I would probably say I was annoyed. Annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Emmy knows me. So I was like annoyed. And then, you know, there's so many little nuances or jokes about getting older and, and they're really an insult. You know, I don't send any funny cards about getting older on your birthday. I can send other funny cards, but not about your age or what you can do or what you remember. And then there's, you know, you go to the doctor's office or, and well, they say something like, well, you know, at your age, I don't know if you should consider that. I'm like, Still, you know, I did a half marathon when I was 70 and I came in first. And before I get all the accolades, please know that I was the only woman who was 70 and running in the (laughs) marathon, but I took it. You know, I went on the stage at my prize. And I think that maybe, hopefully, I inspired other younger women in the audience. But, you know, or then there's the, oh, sweetie. I'm like, no, my name is Patty. Why? It's like they put you in this vise or this straight suit, right? You know, where your arms are tied behind you. So, yes. So, I was annoyed. And I was like, I want to break the mold. I want a movement. And I do, you know favor women, of course, because I tell them you better have your own money. Mm -hmm. You better take care of your health. Well, health is first, right? As my dad said, if you don't have your health, you need your health. So you have to eat right. Like I said, well, that's one of the rest of my six things. Eat right, move and de-stress. Or I like to say chill, you know, chill. Chill. Chill's much better. I know. I love chill. So glad I found that. So I want this movement for us to Emmy, me, everyone out there that we age powerfully, you know, that we take care of ourselves, our finances, our mental, our body, mind, and spirit, that mm-hmm. I don't want to go into a nursing home. So I'm doing everything that I can to maintain my health. And if I am like this at 106, I'm good. I'm going to take it because I want to live powerfully and be a force in the world. Well, and your goal is 120, right? Yes. You remembered. Excellent. Yes. Of course. (laughs) That is my goal. And I think that, you know, starting young 
like Emmy and people who are women who are younger, that's, you know, you can start anytime, but I am a firm, I have worked out in the gym since I'm in my twenties. I'm not consistent. I'm not perfect. You know, there were times where six months I didn't go out. I didn't do this, but I always got back to it. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's key also that you remember, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do everything the perfect way. It's just that if you have that intention of doing things, even if you skip a day or a week or a month, but you come back to it, that's so important that you're there for the long run. I have found that being consistently inconsistent has really helped me with all of the self-care practices and staying out of that should dialogue in your head. You know, I should go to the gym, but I've got 4,000 other things that in this particular moment. And you know what? It's fine. Like I'm moving every day, regardless same thing with meditation and breathing and eating healthy. Like yes. in general, I'm doing some of those every day. And it's particularly as a very type A person, it's really easy to be like, just focus on you know what you didn't do. And that's key, Emmy, what you just said, yeah. focus on what you've done and not what you didn't do. Right. And that's yeah. your whole mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And that encourages me to get back into the swing of things when I do get off track a little bit and just to maintain the general kind of bucket of wellness in, I'm going to say an average, that's really good. Yes. Yes. And to remember, you know, that it's the even keel, the moderation, you know, everything in moderation is always, you know, good. You don't have to be super, just like you don't have to be a super ager. You know, if you are happy seeing your grandchildren and doing things with them, then do that. If you want to start a book club, then do that. If you want to run, whatever it is that makes you happy, and yeah. complete in yourself, that's your, you know, I'm not giving a specific route. I'm telling you to take care of your health and body, mind, and spirit, and then take charge of what you, how, who you want to be in your life. Yeah. And the kind of the vision of, at least the way I've perceived it, of kind of like sitting on the porch in a rocker, which there's nothing wrong with, like, go yeah. do that too. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you're relegated to. And you are not less wise, less useful, just because you're older. Yes. And I can say that I believe that the older you are, the wiser you are. You can't help yourself. You don't even have to like go for a gazillion degrees because if you've lived so many years, I mean, you can look at yourself, Emmy, now at this age and where you were 20 years ago, you're so much wiser because you've lived life. (laughs) I heard this expression once and it stayed with me and I forget where I read it or where I heard it. But the person was like, you know, just like love is wasted on the young, wisdom is wasted on the old. Mm -hmm. And why that stuck with me is if you know somebody older and you're stuck and you have an issue, then ask them, say, have you, has this ever happened to you? I mean, I would say pretty much a lot of things have happened to somebody who are older and we have that foresight. You know, I don't know about you, but I can remember like in my teenage years or my early twenties, you know, I didn't think my mother or father knew very much. Right. Oh, no. (laughs) I do it all. (laughs) And then when I got older, I mean, oh my gosh, my mom is my best friend. And she had all this wisdom that I could go and ask them. And uh, they were very careful. They would say, well, did you ask me for advice? And we're like, yes. And so this is what I think you should do. But you are over 21. 
So you make your decision, which I thought was a great way to present that, but don't ignore that terrific resource of the older people in your life because they're a wealth of information and a wealth of solutions and a wealth of kindness. Yeah. And there's value for me, particularly as I'm entering my fifties now And a lot of things just don't bother me anymore because I've been through that rodeo a couple of times now, right? Right. Yes. And that's another key point. I mean, because we really don't care what other people think about what we're doing or how we're doing it. You know, I could get old a certain way and somebody else gets old another way and I'm not judging them. I just want them to be healthy. But you make your choices and you don't have to worry like, oh, my gosh, she's out there and she wants everybody to be a renegade. Well, you know, if you want to think that way, go for it. You know, <laughs> that's what bothered me. <laughs> and if everybody wants to be a renegade, fantastic, too. Yes. And of course, I would love that if they would all be renegades. That would be terrific. So let me ask you this. In your 76 years, I told you I was going to get it in there, but in your 76 years, what's one, like the one thing outside of the health and the chill and freedom that you've learned that you think is the most important thing? That's a great question, Emmy. And I'm going to say one thing popped into my mind, but I realized that's not, wasn't the most important. It's like, there's like a layer underneath that. And I think for me, and, you know, this is just my take for myself is to trust myself, to trust myself, because there's some innate force within us that we know the right thing to do. We know that what we should be doing, not should, but we know where we should be in the world. And I think that that took me a long time to get there because I was always, you know, reading self-help books and you can only read so many self-help books in a lifetime. And I have a lifetime. If you need any, let me know. I have them in all aspects, but (laughs) (laughs) it comes down to, okay, I have all this information. It's like how you come down to making a decision. You do all the research and you, you might ask people or read about it, but it comes to you, you know, the bottom line, it's all about you. What are you going to do? And then, you know, trust yourself that you're doing the best in that moment. I'm doing the best I can I'm not doing it. Nobody starts out saying like, mm, let me make the worst decision I can possibly make about this. We make the best that we can in the moment. So trust myself, trust yourself. And then don't second guess yourself or make yourself wrong. You know, all those things that come flooding into you after. So I would say, yeah, trust, trust myself. I love that. I've said that to my kids so many times too, because parenting has been, and particularly single parenting has been a crapshoot on more than one occasion. I wouldn't say experience, but a uh, crapshoot works. <laughs> And well, sometimes like you don't know what the right thing is, right? You can research till you're blue in the face and like, is that the best thing for this kid given these circumstances, et cetera. And a lot of times for me, you know, I spent time thinking, I was like, fingers crossed, this is the right thing. And sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. But I've always said to my kids too, like the same thing as what you just said earlier is I made the best decision with the knowledge and the person that I was in the moment. And I can't. Yes. And I think that's beautiful. If you can keep yourself present to that and forget about coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, and not go back and say, oh, if only I had done that, you know, I, I mean, I could sit here and probably just keep listing like all the things that I could have done better or should have gone in that direction instead of that direction. But 
You know what? All of those little things and big things that happen make us the powerful people we are today. So it's all part of the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious too, because we haven't talked about your work history as much because we get, I'm going to say diverted with with different topics, but I mean, it's all very similar too, as far as what we're talking about with really follow your passion, make great decisions, taking care of yourself, et cetera. What was one of like the highlights in your career that you're still proud of and that contributed to you wanting to not retire? So I, the, uh, two things came into my mind, you know, and I'll tell you that what I think is the lesser of the two first. Very briefly, I was working in New York City and, you know, took one of those self-help things about mindset and it said what you put out there. And so I decided I would make one of my passwords president. And so eventually I became president of this small publishing company. So that's one thing that I think is key is your mindset. But if I could go back, I would say that the best experience I had, which serves me to this day, was teaching. I taught for 20 years and then did some freelancing, went on a blind date and the blind date didn't work out, but I got a job freelancing at a science publisher and life is funny, right? And then I changed and then I went to work for that company and left teaching. Well, I kept taking, I took two years leave of absence and then finally my mom got ill. So I stayed with the company and and left teaching. But it was interesting because about 10 years outside of teaching, no, I'm sorry, I was working at this company like three years and I found this little tiny newspaper clipping and it was written by a man and I, I kept it all those years until it like the paper just shredded and fell apart. But it was a man who worked for Xerox and he became a high executive in the company. And he wrote this little blurb in the paper and answering some kind of questions where he said everything. And and now it's uncanny because I taught fourth grade and he wrote everything I learned to be a success in corporate. I learned teaching the fourth grade. I mean, it gave me chills when I read that, but When you're a teacher, you've learned how to handle every social, parental, guardianship, nurse situation, dealing with people. You're everything to those children. You are a parent, a nurse, a counselor, an advisor, a helper, a tutor. You do all those things. And then you're the most organized person in the world because when you have 26 kids in your class and you want to track where they are in reading and where they are in math and what what they're doing and are they growing as a person. So all these skills I see as served me in every job I had in corporate, you know, whether it was dealing with an employee not doing their job or an employee that was sterling and did everything right or going out to meet clients, whatever it was, I can honestly say that the skills I learned teaching, I even did a speech at one of my speeches is all about that, where I recommend, although people in the audience made a face, I said, I think everybody, if they go to college, then they should teach for one year. You know, and so I had a little groan and then a little happiness, but I do think, you know, because you can, you have to handle a myriad of situations in the moment when you teach. So, yeah. So that I would say that's the biggest influence as far as moving ahead. Yeah. I can't imagine managing 26 small people personalities. Yes. 
because there's a rambunctiousness there, like an uncontrolled, just because they're kids, the vibrancy that's it's super yeah. fun, but I think can also be tiresome at times. Well, you're exhausted. And the first year I taught, I used every sick day because, you know, you had all the germs, talk about germs floating around. I got sick all the time, you know. But the thing is, fourth grade is like so special. I can spot them still, a fourth grader. And they have senses of humor. So they chuckle at your jokes, which is always helpful. They're a great age, nine and 10. They're the super. You can have a kid who's like an A student and all of a sudden they do nothing. You have to be alert to that. You know, and so you find out that her dog died. I had this little girl, she just started to cry. So, I mean, in the moment, you never know what's going to happen. And to me, that's the perfect preparation for life. Whatever you're going to do next, you've got all these skills. Yeah. Everybody should teach for a year. (laughs) I like that. I always have said that people, everybody should be a server or waitstaff catering or restaurant too, because you get such a diverse interaction with humanity. (laughs) I used to do that in the summer. So I hear you on that too. Right. And so that just confirms what I said about, you know, doing things and getting older, you do all these different things and they contribute to, you know, the person you turn out to be and what you can accomplish is just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to shift gears again because I've just got so many things kind of running through my head. So we're going to just keep on trucking here. What inspired you to create the card deck? Because it's beautiful and it's so motivationally positive and fun. Thank you. Thank you. So, of course, in the middle of COVID, because other than that, I would say, oh, I don't know if I have time to sit down and write and then had a lot of time. So I decided to write about being a renegade. This is the cover of the card. So there's 48 cards. Really pretty. So we're recording Yeah, with video on so everybody can't see it, but we'll have to get a picture. Is it? Oh, and it's coming reversed, right? No, it's right. It's correct. Oh, okay. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. And so you'll see where I have the four symbols because I feel I had started the cards and I was, I had done these talks where I would go with my cape. Wait a minute, wait for it. This is for you, Emmy, and my crown. And a, <laughs> a magic wand. And then the cape, which is, right. you know, you fly above the crowd, you have the power, you have the magic. And this is, you know, your shield for protection, right? That you protect yourself. So I divided it up like that. But originally, I did these speeches where I wore the crown and like a superwoman cos- costume. And so I had talked to this woman who was going to publish it for me. And she said, you know, you could run into a little issue because there's so many things with superwoman. And I didn't want to get into any of that. And I said, well, but we have all these internal powers, right? And I kind of went to the four and said, I'll do 12 cards for each. So there's four like with the crown, four with the cape, four with the wand and four with the shield. So each one has a different word on the surface, on the the top. And then in the back, it will always give you a little explanation. So this one is compassion. So I said, compassion is holding someone in love so much so that they can feel it. And then I go on to talk about compassion, about how helpful that is not to have compassion for yourself and then for others. And then there's always on the back, be a renegade. And so compassion can be developed and improved 
So one option is to put yourself always in the other person's shoes and be empathetic uh, and give it a try and make a note for yourself if you have a journal and keep track of that. So that's what each one has. And you'll see here's the cape. And I think your shield, I did this one, it's exercise, right? Because isn't that your shield against poor health is to keep exercising. But I just want to say that, you know, you can choose one for the day or you can choose one for the week and that it helps you set your intention. So sometimes I just take them and what I'll do is I'll just shuffle them up and just pick a card. And this is interesting. I picked the cape and it's movement. So of course it goes with the cape, but it says, get off the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Should I do it? Of course you are not glued to that fence. You are keeping you on the fence. If you get a degree at 62, you have that degree. If you take swimming lessons at 65, you can swim because I took swimming lessons at 61. Whatever it is and whatever your age, get off the fence and do it. And so be a renegade. Listen to your heart's desire and don't let anything or anyone stop you. So you could see that some days when I'm stuck, I just pull a card and it sets me, it moves me off of being stuck or whatever. So I find that very inspirational, they're motivational. And I'm going to say this out loud and you'll understand, Amy, why I'm saying it, but I'm going to say that I am, and I have been working on the book that goes with these. So I'm figuring if I put it out there, you know, you or Elong will hold me responsible. For I'll be checking in. Because <laughs> I have this great idea about renegade uh-huh. escapades, renegade escapades. Can you imagine if we all have these escapades that we're doing throughout our lives? That would be so much fun. Different, like a whole bunch of different stories. Yes. Um, yes. For somebody who wants to get the cards, where can they find them? Oh, okay. Thank you, Emmy. So my website, the cards are on a renegade life.com. Okay. A renegade life.com. And you'll see when you go on, it says that the deck is $37 and that includes shipping and handling in the United States. But so if you go on and then you want one and you hit the, when you go to pay, then there's a place for a coupon code. So it's $10 off just because you're listening to Emmy and you put in the coupon code is renegade and then it'll be $27 for the deck. Well, thank you. It's very generous of you. They're beautiful cards and I have several decks of cards. I don't have yours, so I'll have to get them, but I like to pull cards in an irregular, inconsistently consistent basis. Yes. <laughs> and particularly when I'm feeling either really stuck or like things are going really well for guidance. And it's always interesting for me how like the right thing is chosen. It applies for wherever I'm at in that moment. And I love that you have some action to take with each of them. Yes. And I love that you said if you're like in the happiest of moods or almost at the nadir of your life and you're right. like, what's next? And and I know personally, I didn't realize how much I would use them myself. Cause I mean, I wrote them, but you know, I just go like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck either writing or stuck doing something. And I just pick a card and it can be like anything like, oh, all right. Okay. I'll exercise or service. I feel, I love this one. You know, it's how can I be of service to anyone today? Someone, you know, whether right. it's a person at the grocery store or whatever, I can be of service. So yeah, they're great. Awesome. We have to wrap up. Okay. I'm so bummed. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love you, Emmy. You make things so easy too. I'm so oh, comfortable. You're so welcome. Yeah. And again, like, I'm so glad that we were able to coordinate schedules. So thank you so much for everybody who's listening. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they connect with you and where can they find uh, you? You can certainly go on my website, but you can also go to my email me at patty at a renegade life.com. And I'm trying to think, and then I'll get right back in touch with you. So sure. And that's great. I would love it if you did. Also working, I mean, I I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, I'm I'm working on getting, you know, I used to do Facebook Live every morning, Monday through Friday. I know, you were so good. Thank you. Well, I'm working on not necessarily YouTube, but I'm, I'm trying to get a venue where I can do that. I might talk to you about that after where I'm going to do it once a week, the same thing. And so people can see me there. And then my goal is to do a renegade escapade, like for a weekend at the beach or a weekend someplace that we can gather all the renegades together and get going. So those awesome. are the things on the back burner. So many ways for you to inspire people. Thank you, Emmy. Thank you. You inspire me back, right back at you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Little mutual admiration society. Right? (laughs) That's how life should go, I think. Yeah. With that, everybody, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 